0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Yeah, okay, so now I do research all the time. And when I'm doing research, I look at both sides of the, the subject matter, you know, pro, con, whatever, so I can discern what, is, what, what the people are either confused about or uh, the different data points. I mean, what do they, what do they really think is important? So here, I was watching this um, YouTube video, and I'm going to bring a clip of it tonight for our talk, but it's michiganforvaccinechoice.org. These are the people that put it up. Now, you got to go to YouTube, and YouTube, type in Fox 2, let it rip, uh, and then put Michigan for Vaccine Choice. Now, it's about a 25-minute long uh, debate. Now, you will not see... Um, a a real vaccine debate where people are, um, you know, pro-vaccine or poor choice that the people should have the decision themselves, you're not going to see a debate on the science either. So what you're getting is just rhetorical questions, you know, like vaccines are safe and effective. Um, You know, your unvaccinated child is going to decrease the herd immunity. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to actually answer those questions uh, that were brought up, because they, and you had a panel of a pediatrician, um, a couple of consumer advocates, a mom, a naturopath who actually did a really good job, and a psychologist who actually did a very poor job. And in fact, the pediatrician and the psychiatrist, were um, they're, they're, they weren't backing up their information where the nature path was. And so, like, let's say, and let's take some of the questions. Uh, one of the pediatrician or the pediatrician there said, we have the safest vaccines in history. The ingredients are safe and well studied. And, and so I looked at that, and I'm thinking, wait a second. In 2011, the United States Supreme Court, in Virtuowicz versus Wyeth Laboratories, um, she suffered damage. Okay, from the vaccine that caused um, a severe brain damage. Uh, and they stated because, see, the vaccines were causing so much damage in 1986 that uh, they actually passed a law to not make the vaccine safer, but to protect the vaccine companies. So, read that, listen to this. No vaccine manufacturer shall be liable in a civil action for damages arising from a vaccine-related injury or death from the administration of the vaccine after October 1, 1988, if the injury or death resulted from the side effects that were unavoidable, even though the vaccine was properly prepared and accompanied by proper directions and warnings. Now, what's interesting is this is the Supreme Court, The committee has set forth comment K in this bill because it intends that the principle K regarding unavoidably unsafe products, those products which in present state of human skill and knowledge cannot be made safe, apply to the vaccines covered in the bill and that such products not um, be the subject of liability in the tort system, end of quote. That's right. So, when when a doctor says that we have the safest vaccines in history, and the vaccine's the ingredients are safe and well studied, this says, the Supreme Court says they're unavoidably unsafe, and you can't sue the manufacturers. Well, when we look at this, so far the vaccine um, liability or vaccine uh, uh, compensation uh, claims has actually paid out over $4 billion. Now, that all of this came from a litigation back in 1986 when so many companies were being sued that they couldn't make the product safer, so they wiped out the ability to sue these companies. However, they put the Health and Human Services uh, in charge uh, because they realized if you're wiping out the liability for the products, that this uh, could give free reign. I mean, they they would start producing a whole bunch of products and force them on the public. Of course, this wasn't thought possible back in 86. Uh, So Congress made Health and Human Services submit a biannual report, that means twice a year, to make sure that the vaccines are safe. However, uh, the problem is Health and Human Services in 32 years hasn't done one report. So they've dropped the ball. Now, let's just look at the measles vaccine reaction. If you go to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Now, again, this is on the U.S. government site. Uh, Health and Human Services says between 1 and 10% of the injuries are actually reported. So you can multiply this times 10 and be in the ballpark maybe. Uh, They say between 445 deaths are related to the measles vaccine. 66,000 hospitalizations, and over 1,600 related disabilities, such as brain swelling, aseptic meningitis, a number of different problems. So you can multiply those by 10 and still be in the ballpark. So that's 4,000 deaths, 60,000 hospitalizations, and 1,600,000 related disabilities. So let's look at this. Again, vaccines are safe and effective. However, let's look at pre-1985. You're talking, this from the Center for Disease Control, vaccine coverage from 1962 to 2009. Uh, you're talking every uh, 63% of the American population had a DPT shot. had the polio shot, 61% had the MMR. Nobody had the hep B, nobody had the HPV, nobody had influenza, nobody had PCV, rotavirus, HIV, varicella hepatitis A, or meningococcal. So uh, most of the vaccines that are forced on the public today weren't even in existence back then. And the companies still had a huge amount of problems. Now, when they talk about being studied for safety, uh, let's look at the Journal of Toxicology. Nonlinear dose response in aluminum hydroxide particles. What this means is that the lower the dose, the more dangerous. And they go on to say, neurotoxicity obeys. The dose makes the poison. Rule of classic, classical chemical uh, toxicity appears overly p- simplistic. The adjuvant size since the injected suspensions correspond to the lowest dose, but not to the highest dose. What that means is um, there's an adjuvant or additive factor inside of all vaccines, and and this is to stimulate the immune system response. Uh, the government and scientists say, or government scientists, not the real scientists, are saying that those adjuvants can have a negative effect on the on the brain, and it's been used since 1926. Now these adjuvants are in hepatitis A, hepatitis B, the DPT containing vaccines, influenza, and pneumococcal. Measles, um, are it's in all of those except measles, mumps, and rubella. Uh, so those are live vaccines that they don't require the ad- additional aspect of aluminum, and so what what's the actual factors when they say when it, when somebody makes a statement that that they're safe well well studied well let's look at the journal of public health and epidemiology 2014 and they say children vaccinated with the measles mumps and rubella varicella and hepatitis a vaccines um coincide that autistic disorder change point years coincide with the introduction of vaccines manufactured with human fetal cell lines. Uh, Thus, this is the quote out of the article, the rising autistic disorder prevalence is directly related to the vaccine manufactured using human fetal cells. Then we look at other journals, like the Journal of Biopsychiatry. They say um, vaccines cause cognitive impairment may promote schizophrenia. The Journal of Brain and Behavior uh, Immunity They say that vaccines can cause neuromental diseases, uh, alters fetal brain development, and increases susceptibility to seizures, Journal of Neuroscience, uh, may promote autism spectrum disorders, Journal of Medical Veritas. So we're going to look at multiple, multiple different journal articles that say it causes damage. So, you know, again, when somebody is making a statement in a talk show, and they say vaccines are safe and effective. But when I'm aware of certain journal articles, um, court documents, actual facts of that that refute those statements, but the moderator isn't saying, back it up, back it up. Okay, so if you say vaccines are safe and effective, show me a double-blind placebo-controlled trial. Show me... A long-term study, and I'm talking not not five days like most vaccines are studied, I mean five to ten years comparing vaccinated with unvaccinated with the placebo, and let's look at the overall health of the entire population. None of those studies exist. So how about this one, herd immunity is vital for our health. Your unvaccinated child can spread disease. Well, let's look at herd immunity in 1933 the Journal of, um, American Journal of Epidemiology, stated that when 68% of the kids got wild measles, that it's, it decreased the spread and decreased the epidemic. So the mark was around 68%, but that was a wild measles. Now, in 2019, New York had more than 92% children in New York received at least one dose of the MMR, and we know about the epidemic in New York. So what about the vaccine rates, okay, before this? Okay, let's look at the MMR, and this was out of uh, the Journal of Statistics, okay, and this is going on percentage children aged 19 months to 35 months. So if herd immunity, the original one is 68%, we've had an average of 94% coverage of the MMR since 1994 to 2017. Uh, However, the number of cases reported by year fluctuate radically. So these are, you're going to see epidemics occur about every three to four years on average, and they always have and they always will because the vaccine doesn't protect, it delays, and it causes other certain problems. And we know and I've got six studies here that show that from 1984 to 1995, uh, there were six different outbreaks, and each had coverage of between 89 to 99% coverage of, of the vaccines. And you're seeing the majority of people in all of these outbreaks had the vaccine, and that didn't help. So let's look at... Um, measles. Measles was supposed to be eradicated uh, from the, our country in 2000. However, when you go to the CDC site, it says that in 2000, there were 86 confirmed measles cases reported in the state by local health departments. Uh, during 2000, a total of 20 states, states reported confirmed measles. Now remember, this was 19 years ago. So if you had 20 states reporting confirmed measles case, uh, why wasn't it all over the news? Why weren't people panicking uh, like they are now? Why weren't schools being closed? Why weren't laws being passed to um, to force people to get vaccinated? Why? Because the panic system wasn't in place. And of the 86 people that had measles in 2000, when it was supposed to be eradicated, 23 had a documented history of the measles vaccination. So we're talking about... Uh, A quarter of the patients, a little bit more than, well, 27%, were already vaccinated that got measles. 40% or 46% had not been vaccinated. Nine of the kids were under 12 months, and um, 23 of them had unknown vaccine status. So we're looking at over half of the patients had unknown vaccine status. How dangerous were these? Well, before 1963... Before the measles vaccine was put in place, uh, the population, percentage of population not harmed was 99.9998% of the population was not harmed by the measles. That's right. Now, what does it say on the, on the package insert of the vaccine? Uh, from the FDA.gov site, it says that the uh, nervous system disorders that the vaccine can cause encephalitis, encephalopathy, and the package insert says, there have been reports of subsclerosing panencephalitis in children who did not have a history of the wild infection of measles but did receive the measles vaccine. Some of these cases may have resulted from unrecognized measles in the first year of life or possibly from the measles vaccine itself. And we know that the measles vaccine, 5% of the people that get it develop measles-like symptoms. So then we look at, what do they say? Vaccines don't cause autism. If you were going to say that on public TV, they would flip out. Um, Absolutely. We were looking at, um, last night, it was uh, Cannabis for Autism on Viceland. And again, you're looking at a plant product to help these severely neurologic damaged kids. And it was a really cool program uh, talking about um, uh, autism, its causative factors as neurotoxins. Some people did bring up that, that a lot of the parents of autistic kids say that they noticed the symptoms after the vaccines. But even though this is a show, and I'm talking, you know, it's on mainstream TV. However, the subject matter of talking about cannabis um, being synthesized down to uh, uh a substance given to an autistic kid, that's really controversial, even though it's also really effective. Some states will put you away for forever, you know, up to th- up to 60 years. Other states, you can go in off the street if you're over 21 and buy it. So the federal laws and state laws are totally incongruent with that. Um, but just know that when they brought up vaccines causing autism on this program, um, help, I mean, it released... So, they had to cover their, themselves. So, they said, well, you know, his anti vaxxer views may prejudice his, his statements. Anti vaxxing views saying that vaccines um, might be contributing to autism. Well, let's just look at the facts. Let's look at the National Institute of Health.gov, the Journal of Toxicology and Environmental Health, 2011. The title of the article is A Positive Association Found Between Autism Prevalence and Childhood Vaccine Uptake Across the U.S. Population. That's right. Let's look at the Journal of Toxicology. Increased rates of autism spectrum disorders where multiple doses are almost universally administered. Let's look at the Journal of Public Health. Um, Thus, the rising autistic disorder prevalence is directly related to vaccines manufactured utilizing human fetal cells. Let's look at Journal of Toxicology 2014. Quote, all these findings plausibly implicate aluminum adjuvants in pediatric vaccines as causal factors contributing to the increasing rates of autism. So when when you look at this, and, and again, people who make a statement that vaccines don't cause autism and i'm aware of over 100 journals that say that it's a contributing factor if not a causative factor okay what about the statement autism rates are not going up we're just better at diagnosing it have you heard that well they never read the uc davis institute of california's autism research this was published in 2009 in the journal of epidemiology uh Quote, it's time to start looking for the environmental culprits responsible for this remarkable increase rate in autism. Uh, They found that seven- to eight-fold increase in the number of children born uh, with autism since 1990 cannot be explained by either how the uh, condition is diagnosed or counted. The trend shows no signs of abating. Research should shift from genetics to the host of chemicals and infectious microbes in the environment that are likely the root cause. Wow, that makes sense. So, again, when somebody makes a statement on TV, uh, I want to look at, at what they're saying. If they make a statement that says, um, how about vaccines and the vaccine schedule are based in science? It's well studied. Have you heard, have you heard that one before? Yeah, well, let's look at the National Institute of NationalInstituteOfHealth.gov. And there's an article titled, Why Are Placebos Important? Um, Because (laughs) a placebo is how a trial, a scientific trial, is supposed to be done. Where you give a drug or therapy to one person, you give a fake drug or therapy to another person, and you do nothing to a third person, and you follow them along for a while. And they say, in undertaking this clinical trial, researchers don't want to leave anything to chance. They want to be as certain as possible that the results of the testing show whether or not a treatment is safe and effective. The gold standard for testing interventions is the randomized placebo-controlled trial. Now, however, uh, placebo-controlled trials are not used in pediatric clinical trials. Um, And even the, the Health and Human Services Uh, uh, they asserted that prior to licensure for children's vaccine, many pediatric vaccines have been investigated in clinical trials that include a placebo. That's actually untrue. Uh, And in fact, I'm going to have a list of different vaccines with no placebo-controlled trials. Now, this includes um, two different types of DPT shots, uh, Hib, hepatitis B, pneumococcal, polio, combination vaccines, hepatitis A, MMR, chickenpox, um, flu shot, uh, Tdap, HPV, meningococcal, none of these had any um, placebo control group. So when they say they're based in science, really? Well, the one that we did find out that did have a control group, now, what do you think is appropriate? Would you inject a child and follow him for oh, I don't know, a couple of months, a few months, to see if it, particularly a vaccine that we're going to give at 12 hours old, how long do you want to follow them to see if there's a negative response? Well, let's look at this. From the FDA.gov site, okay, Merck's hepatitis B was licensed by the FDA after travels trials which solicited adverse reactions for only five days after the vaccine. GlaxoSmithKline. Klein Um, looked for four days after the vaccine. That's right. Two of the most popular hepatitis B vaccines that are given at 12 hours old were followed for four days and five days, respectively. Now, that's not near long enough to, to look at adverse events, autoimmune, neurologic disorder, seizures. That means if some problem happened at day six, or day seven, or week one, or week two, or year one, or year two, or when that kid got seven or eight years old, they started to develop asthma, allergies, behavior, breathing. None of that would have been uh, responsible. I mean, let's look at at drugs. Enbrel, Lipitor. Lipitor went 4.8 years. Botox went 51 weeks. So just to take wrinkles out of somebody's face, it had 10 times the amount uh, of, of reviews. And when then you look at human experimental and toxicology, studies have not been conducted to determine the safety or efficacy of administering multiple vaccine doses in a variety of combinations. Uh, when we look at uh, Merck, was sued over the Zostavax-related injuries. This is in September 2018. Uh, and again, it, it, it's, people are making statements that vaccines are safe and effective and studied. We're talking by September or May 31st, 2018, and this is the shingles shot that you see on commercials. 42,000 uh, complaints of shingles vaccine reactions have been reported to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. 128 deaths, 850 hospitalizations, and 660 related deaths sued over the Zostavax. What about the last one? I was vaccinated, and I'm fine. Really? Well, again, let's look at the vaccine rates in 1985, when the companies still had liability. Now, I'm 59 years old, and I had two vaccines. I got the scar of smallpox on my arm, And we had the oral uh, sugar cube, and that was it. And so, what happened is when they had chickenpox or measles parties, we'd get together, get those diseases, um, you know, get hot soup, and you'd recover. However, now we're looking at 72 doses of 17 different vaccines. That's a totally different world because, figure it in '86. Um, And this is, if you get a DPT and an MMR, that's actually six shots. So in 86, there were 23 doses of seven vaccines. They passed the non-liability. In 97, so you're looking at about 11 years later, there were 33 doses of nine vaccines. Then you look at 2016, 69 doses of 16 vaccines. Then 72 doses of 17 vaccines. So, when somebody says, oh, yeah, I was vaccinated, I was fine, I had two, and now the children today are going to get 72 doses of 17 different vaccines, and I just read an article that that's unstudied and unsafe, Uh, I mean, nobody knows. So, when they say vaccines are safe and effective, what are they using on that? Uh, Show me some data points. Well, we know they passed um, the law to absolve the vaccine manufacturers of no liability, would they have had to do and no liability if they were safe and effective? Well, again, we got to look at at the damage, the react, um, the reactions, everything. It's it's crazy, and then people are forced to actually take this product, so informed consent is even gone, and and we could go on hour after hour reviewing the bumper sticker slogans that you're hearing constantly on the news. Uh, vaccines are safe and effective. Get your shot. Uh, vaccines don't spread disease. They protect your child. Your unvaccinated child will spread disease. We hear this over and over, and it's inundated in our population where, where it's all designed to induce fear and, and ignorance. Why is this being blown out of proportion right now? Well, because nobody wants, if if you didn't have this to focus on, you'd be looking at the rest of the world, you'd be looking at the economies of the rest of the world, and realize that there's a massive recession coming. You'd be looking around at the children today. 54% of our children have a chronic illness or disease that they will never recover from since the autistic tsunami started in the late 80s, and now we have a 1 in 38 boys with autism. And that's just the the walking dead. The walking wounded are all the kids with autoimmune diseases, asthma, allergies, um, skin disorders, behavioral disorders, bowel disorders, breathing disorders. I mean, you're looking at a very, very sick population of kids. And if we weren't distracted by the measles, we would totally be looking at why are the kids still sick? Why, do, why is it normal for a parent to take their kid to an occupational therapist or to a physical therapist or to a psychologist? Why is all of this now considered normal practices? Why? Because our kids are sicker than they ever have been. And, we're, and when you look at our status in the world, um, 76 other countries have a better infant survival rate than we do. Uh, we have tw- two, 26,000 kids die before their first birthday. We have one of the highest infant mortality rates and maternal mortality rates in the industrialized world. And I'm talking, you know, more than 20 countries have better survival rates than we do. It's time to call people. When they say vaccines are safe and effective, show me the data. When they say vaccines don't cause autism, show me the data. Because all the data I'm getting right now is from every journal article, CDC, um, Journal of Toxicology. We're looking at every, um, all the research out there, and this is from, um, Scholar Google, uh, FDA, FDA.gov site, CDC.gov site, National Institute of Health. These are, are actual legitimate journal articles that if a, if a reporter really was not controlled by the media and they had the, the balls like Cheryl Atkinson to go out there and to actually do the research, Okay, instead of following the party line, we would have truth in our media. But we have a controlled media, we have a controlled government, and a controlled medical system that we now have to start calling people on this. When they say the bumper sticker slogan of aluminum is safe, and I show you multiple articles that say it's toxic, we call them on their own ground. We use facts and data to change belief systems. This is Dr. John Bergman. We're going to have this tonight on Facebook Live. We're going to have it uh, next week on YouTube Live. Utilize the research that I present. Copy it, paste it, share it. Um, Don't copy the URL. Copy the actual video. Copy the data, because this, the government will not allow us to keep this on for forever. Um, We're going to get it underground. We're going to do church rallies. We're going to get this information out there to save our population. Dr. John Bergman, God bless you, and I love you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs)